This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. All righty. And welcome to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants, IT specializing in the accounting industry. And with us today, Edgar Espinoza of TaxDome. Edgar, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Definitely. Uh, the, a quick little background. It's funny how we ran into each other. I, a couple days prior to TaxDome being on my radar, my accountant sends over a portal invitation to TaxDome. I'm like, oh, the software is pretty neat. And it's like, okay, this is easy to use. And okay, I'm getting the hang of it. And then, you know, as the universe would have it, I had gotten uh, reached out to by, I believe it was Peter in your company. And then, you know, we've been talking for a while. So anyway, Edgar, give us a little background on you and Taxdom. Sure. I well, I started in the company about uh, two years ago now, and pretty much well, all my experience has been in you know, ground experience working with firms one on one. So I have I've had the pleasure to work with over three hundred uh, different firms of different sizes right now to this date, and that has you know given me a lot of experience. Now become pretty much an expert. In, I call myself an expert in automation, at least in the practice management as- aspect of uh, firms in accounting and tax. In practice management, just for those who aren't aware, could you give sort of a what you would define as a practice management? Uh, sure, uh, because a lot of people also get uh, a little confused with that term. We consider practice management every aspect of, of the business that is not the actual accounting work or the tax uh, audit prep work. So anything that has to do with managing client communication, your tasks, your uh, workflow, Anything that has to do with managing your documents, keeping things organized, keeping a good record of your client's history, audit logs, and all that, all those different aspects that are not actually had to do with the line of business that you work with, but it's just, you know, managing team clients and, you know, digital information in general. So keeping all the information in one spot and having kind of that, the idea at least of the single pane of glass, which I know in IT world, that's that ever elusive, like. Uh, get this software, you'll have a single pane of glass, everything under one roof. And then it's like, wait, you can't do this from it? Oh no. So, so TaxDome, I mean, you guys are striving for that single pane of glass concept, correct? That, that is correct. That, is, that was the whole idea behind uh, the, the development of our product. We, uh, we started it uh, thinking of it being you know, the tool that would replace pretty much all these different tools that you would use for different, for different activities in the, in, the, in the practice management aspect. If you had a, a tool for document storage and something for e-signatures and something separate for payment processing, you know, we would want to replace all those three tools, which is one under just, like you said, under one roof with a uh, tax dump. So yes, we definitely strive to becoming 
the one and only separate application aside from your you know accounting software or your um, tax you know software. So, but as well. running the practice as a whole through the Taxstone platform and the idea of everything can be done here, so you don't have to have all these different software doing all these different things and nothing communicates with each other and then redundant information or information that you have two different copies of it. One of them is accurate. One of them's not accurate. I mean, I think everybody can relate to those situations. I know in our early days, gosh, it was a nightmare just doing anything. When I hired my first employee, I remember being like, okay, so here's what you do to process payment. You're going to open up a notepad because trust me, you're going to need this information 10,000 times. So you're going to copy paste the first name, paste that here, but then this software needs first and last together. So you're going to copy paste them together and then delete this and then paste that. And then here's the phone number, but it's got to be formatted this way for this app and this way for that app and this way for the, the, and I mean, everything was just a gigantic headache. And eventually, you know, I, I had to teach myself product like Zapier to do the, you know, the APIs and get everything formatted and working together. And so I know Zapier is one of the integrations you guys implement in TaxDome as well, right? Yeah, that's, that's actually right. And uh, just, you know, backing up a little bit to the, to the nightmare of having a lot of tools where you have to do this double entry type of work, you know, to create a client here and, you know, you have to do it the same or in a different way in another platform. And that's definitely a pain. So yeah, through Zapier and through a platform like TaxDome, you are able to just create your, you know, your information once and have that information uh, be communicated uh, through different applications through an API or an integration. So yes. And so I know looking back on my own company in those early days when we had the crazy copy paste, all this stuff, and the company was basically run off of spreadsheets. One of the companies we acquired, I mean, I thought it was pretty low tech just running it off of a Google sheet, but we acquired a company that they did everything per each client on a Google Doc, which I thought was interesting. So all the, all the stuff that should be in a spreadsheet, they just had it all on a running doc for each, each client. That was, that was fun. There's no integrations for pulling that kind of stuff. So, but what I'm getting to, though, is I wish that I had the management software that we use internally. I wish day one, the company didn't exist at the time. That could be my excuse, but I wish day one, I was building on that platform, learning how to use it well, instead of we have outgrown the current process and how do we retroactively get it back? So I know at least in the IT world, it would have been great for me to use our practice management software day one. Where do you think it falls for the accounting firm? Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point there. We initially thought of Taxum of being a software for uh, relatively small practices, you know, practices that were just kind of gaining uh, strength or scaling. And we we thought of Taxum as software that would help them scale just you know quickly. Now we actually have taken a look at you know both tips of the to- of the of the rope here because now we we actually have a version that is solo practitioners that is for for starters, you know, people that are just starting their business. And you know, through our workflow automation and implementation assistance and all, all that we offer, we've seen growth to the point that you know, our largest firms have you know, more than 100 employees. And so you know, that's what, what we see now. We can cater to the needs of 
both a solo practitioner in a very large practice. And we've seen, you know, two solo practitioners become a firm of 10 people in, you know, two to three years, which in my opinion is, is amazing. So definitely should consider in, at some capacity, uh, acquire a software like, you know, to manage your practice from the very beginning. I think everybody should do That's, it. That was my experience as well. And so being a software that tries to do everything, I mean, obviously you can't possibly be everywhere at every second and handle every single thing. And I'm sure on the to-do list at TaxDome, it's probably never ending with a million different ideas. And how do you guys prioritize what goes next? Because it's not just, well, we are a DocuSign alternative. So like, let's get these signatures and let's get them, get an IP address thrown on there and make it super, super DocuSign-y, you know? And I, I don't know. We've had it for like six years. I can't tell you a single change that's been made except the price. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so how do you guys figure out what you're going to do next? So that's actually uh, also quite interesting because of the, the super wide variety of different clients that we have and the, the super wide scope as, as far as features in, in our platform. We structured our development plans in a pretty cool way that I love, you know, uh, from being part of this company, we actually get the feedback and we prioritize features that go for development, all based on community feedback. So what we did is, you know, we created these different channels where our users can communicate with our developers, with our product managers and provide their feedback. Right now we use a tool called Canny, where our users can just make a, a public post, you know, like if they were on Facebook, and people can just upvote the post, comment on it, make suggestions. Uh, if somebody says, you know, I want this, and then somebody else says, oh, well, I'd like that, but with a slight change, you know, that's the way we pretty much get ideas. And based on, you know, the volume of firms or, or users that request features is how we, you know, make them a priority as far as development. Yeah, I personally love that, love that way of, of developing a product. I think it's community driven, you know, people rave about it on, on social media. So I yeah, the, the software that we use internally, they do the same thing. And I think that's a fantastic model, especially, you know, other people on the outside, you know, say somebody's looking into using that software, right? And so they're on social media, seeing how it's mentioned. And here's a community Facebook group, something like that, where people are discussing it, getting ideas, getting feedback and responses from people within the company that can actually push these things through and having a product that obviously you need a solid foundation. Don't get me wrong. Like it has to do what it's supposed to do, but adding new features that are actually helpful and not just a bell and whistle that they tell us. So it's like, Oh, did you know now you can change your font? It's like, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> you know, you know, you wasted your time adding this feature, but they add network monitoring to the mix and everybody's brain explodes. And it's like, this is something that was really important to the community that they initially, like, if you look in the beginning days, they're like, oh, well, we're not really a network monitoring tool. We're more on, on this side. And then you know, it's like now announcing. And then three months later, it's like, now price is going up. But you know, it's, you know, when you're adding value though, I, I didn't have a you know, I'm saying it here jokingly, but I mean, it adds a ton of value and, you know, we can obviously use that 
to provide more value to our clients too. So, I mean, it, it was a win all over. So do you have any things that comes to mind of something that was community driven that maybe wasn't internally being talked about, but the community talking about it has brought light to it and been like a big success? Yeah, definitely. Uh, for that, I can comment on pretty much all of our integrations with other companies. You know, the accounting industry and tax uh, industry, you have people uh, that have been using products for years. They don't want to move out of them. And sometimes they want to tax them to create a relationship with their software that they love. And if the number of people requesting that is enough, our CSO, or like you know, Peter, that one person you spoke to, or someone will then reach out to the company. You know? Most of our integrations that we have developed and good partnerships that we have uh, accomplished with other companies have actually been suggested by the community. And when the community suggests something like that, and they feel very, very proud of just getting two companies together, and then all of a sudden that their tech stack and, and the, you know, their tools become better as well because of you know, this good relationship that they help create, um, we consider that a huge success. That has happened a few times already. We have integrations with uh, tax softwares, with uh, uh, virtual you know, cloud hosting environments as well. And um, that I consider is a, a huge success that we achieve. And so getting into the, the integrations and automations conversation, I know a lot of firms, you know, we see it on the tech onboarding side, and I'm sure for you guys being an essential part of the business, what do you see when you get a new client onboarded? What are some of the issues that they may run into, like not being educated or tech savvy enough, or what are some of the obstacles that you see them run into and ways that you help them? I believe it's, it's not that they're not tech savvy. Um, nowadays, you know, everybody uses technology and, and to some extent they are tech savvy. The only problem I see and, and that I help firms very commonly face is the kind of the automation mindset. It has become a tool that we, the real value in it is in the automation side of it, in the time it saves you, you know, because we have to, uh, things like conditional automation, uh, you know, conditional pretty much everything. I don't want to get, you know, get, uh, go too deep into that, but you can automate a lot, a lot of the redundant tasks in your practice. So if one doesn't, is you know, too used to doing these things manually and they're not willing to automate or, you know, just delete these tasks from their lists, I think that is a problem. You just kind of change that mindset. Or maybe they're just not aware of the, about the full benefits of automating. And they, they, you know, like you said, it's all about thinking that it will bring value to you. So I think for a lot of people, you know, they need to see the value in automation. You know, they, they need to consider it at least for, for their practice. I think a lot of people, when they get over the initial hesitation of that mindset of I do this and I do it better than any robot can, I think that's what the future is going to look like with self-driving cars. You know, a lot of people, the hesitation, oh, I don't want, you know, the car driving. I'm a great driver. I've never been in an accident. Da, 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 da. And even though the statistics are like overwhelmingly, like you should <laughs> let the car drive itself, it's way safer. But exactly, you know, that mindset of I've been doing it this way for this long and, you know, I'm dipping my toes in the water. Like I want a practice management software, but I'm going to hold on to these old ideas because this is how we've always done it. And I'm sure if they are in there using it day one, it's easy to say, oh, I don't like doing this. Let's automate it. I don't like doing this. Let's automate it. And I know in our own company, our onboarding process, there we're still a 
fair amount of manual processes that this goes here, this gets scheduled with this person. It was, it wasn't fluid, right? There was enough that there could be some margin for human error and the conditional automations really, really, you know, at first everyone was like, no, 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 it's going to, it's going to make a mistake. I got this. I know what I'm doing. Like, it's not that hard. It's not that much work. And then I was just like, we are going to automate this because it's going to take out human error. And you're going to give, give the person that does all the admin work, you're going to give her a break. And, and she's like, no, 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 it's not that much work. I don't mind doing it. And I'm like, no, it's going to be automated. I'm not trying to take your job away. It just should happen. It makes a lot of sense. And after the first month of testing and getting the bugs and the, well, what if they hire a new employee within the first one day of being a client of us? Now what happens? Your automation can't handle <laughs> these things. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, you know, you, you really got me for the one time ever <laughs> that happened. But I think now, and, and these, a lot of our automation started in, we started having explosive growth last uh, August. And so then September, we start really feeling the, all right, you know, we're kind of reaching that breaking point of we need to be automating these things. And so <laughs> then I hire a programmer who ghosted me. And so then I had to learn a whole lot more. Luckily, I have a background in programming, so it wasn't the hardest thing to learn. But getting that automation and being on the other side, now everybody, they're completely bought in. No one's complaining that work is being done for them and that they don't have to manually copy paste it into 70 different spots. It just always works. And now we take for granted all these things that always work. And you know, whenever someone tries to do their own special weird thing that doesn't follow the program, these are like the new things we need to be looking into. But do you see that with your clients as well when they adopt the automation and then they do not go back? All the time, all the time. And it all starts with automating the, you know, the, the most minor thing in the practice. I'm going to say automating client onboarding processes, right? You automate client sign up, perhaps if you already have a portal where you have to right now manually enter clients in and you start automating that process, you let clients sign up themselves through a link, right? You know, after sign up, they get an email with instructions. That's the simplest thing to automate. Once that happens, you know, they start actually constructing ideas in their heads and, and they just don't want to go back. Now, I don't think going like all for automation too aggressively is a good idea either because you, you might get lost if you don't have that background like, like you have or, or, or help, right? Especially if you're new to the topic, but automating, you know, little things uh, step-by-step, I think is, is a really good idea. And, and then, yeah, I see people just not wanting to come back to what they were doing before automating things. So, And if you just think about it, you do the math. If you save five, 10 minutes a day, I mean, we're talking an entire week of time that is spent doing just mindless things. So, I mean, you know, ours for sending the client engagement letter with the DocuSign and DocuSign didn't have really good integrations. I'm just using that term because it's people know what DocuSign means, but you know, we put it all into the intake form and it all spits out on the contract perfectly every single time. There's no thinking about it or mistakes that get made and it'll automatically follow up with the client. And so the onboarding process 
for stuff that it should be the same every single time. There's always going to be outliers where we had to do this one special weird thing that where we had to do it the old way because there isn't an automation for, well, they've got 17 split payments for 13 different employees, but only nine split payments for the partners. And okay. Yeah. So there's some (laughs) crazy stuff that needs some human intervention, but exactly 99% of the time having those monotonous, brainless copy paste tasks that, you know, they get typos, they get errors, you know, the stuff that you can hire a VA. And even if they're, you know, eight bucks an hour or something, there's still human error aspect of it where you're paying someone in some capacity to be doing these things. So even if it's someone on salary and well, that is just caked into what you already pay them, they're still spending a lot of time doing nothing. So if, you know, so if they just walked up to you and said, I'm going to stand here for 10 minutes and do nothing while you pay me, you'd say that's insane. That's ridiculous. But if you're copy pasting nonsense that could be automated, there's no difference. Yeah, there's no difference. No difference at all. There's a, sometimes a need to cover uh, some gaps you know, when you're automating things in your practice. And those things that require human intervention, you should always have processes for, right? That's something also that, that we've seen with, um, with our users that they get you know, pretty excited about automation. And perhaps they don't, they don't have a, you know, good processes in place, just general in the firm. And so if they have processes, we then have to adapt them to, to this new automated phase that, that they would be getting into. You know, we've seen practices that are pretty large and they don't have processes in place. You know, we all of a sudden have to cover all these gaps and then we have to create these processes with them as well. So a whole journey, I think, a whole journey, I think with users that are, you know, kind of getting started with automation. And even those bigger firms, I think it kind of shines some light on some weak points that they could be automating. But one of the kind of luxuries, but downsides to having a low turnover and people that have you know worked their way up and understand how everything works. And we ran into this just ourselves because we've had a very strong centralized team for most of my employees have worked for me for over five years. So they know how it all works. So we don't feel the pain of this keeps being done wrong. We need to automate. It's more of like a proactive measure of we could do this better by automating it. And, you know, if you can just cut out one staff, I mean, that salary, that's a very large chunk, no matter what, even if it's a very low cost VA. You're still talking. If, if it was a full-time person doing manual data entry, $20,000 a year? Copying and pasting. <laughs> uh, but you know, we, we also do that in Taxroom internally. We try to alleviate workloads. And a lot of what we do internally is we, like you said, proactively always, always look for ways to automate whatever it is that we're doing. And, and we always come up with ideas. It's got to a point where it's not the cost, the main concern. You know, the cost of staff is just, you know, being able to allocate resources in, in other aspects of the company as well. So if you have a BA that is no longer doing the copy paste work, they might have you know, more time to do or help with in other aspects of the business as well. And we're able to allocate resources in, in a lot of areas. And we've seen also our staff being able to collaborate a lot more, you know, different teams getting together more often. 
specifically thanks to that we have been able to pretty successfully automate a large uh, portion of our business activities as well. I think a lot of times when we'll see this, at least with the older firms that, you know, partners have been there 30, 40, 50 years, and they get that mindset of we've always done it this way. So we're going to keep doing it this way. So are more of the clients that you all see on your side, is it people that are in the younger stages, younger areas of life, like the 40 and under crowd? Or do you see, I'm sure there's a mix, but in general, or do you see people that are the 40, 50, 60 kind of on the way out, but realize that it should be done this way? Where, where do you see most of the people that are coming into tax stone? Well, yes, statistically, it rounds between 30, like our client base averages a like 38 year old, you know, 40 year olds, but there's always a trend, you know, like 90% of tax users have already automated something in their business because we, that's part of our onboarding process. You know, we always promote automation. And yes, we do have uh, older firms that average, you know, 70 years old or, or 60 years old, but they have to some extent started to automate something in their business. So even though it, it is a mix, yes, uh, they all have, at least they all know because they have already talked to us at some point uh, that automation is a great, great thing. And it's just going to help them scale their business, just in general, be more efficient, you know, uh, alleviate a little bit of the pain. <laughs> and uh, of course, the, the younger ones are a lot more excited, you know, to automate things. Uh, we get, you know, I don't know, 20 year olds, 30 year olds that are, have already been thinking of, you know, they come to us the first day, they speak to us the first day on their trial periods. And then they already have like huge ideas in their heads. They want to get the first year, 2000 clients, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we don't say it's impossible, but yes, there's a lot of work, you know, to put onto it. And the people that really embrace it, I'm sure it feels that's great on your guys' side because, you know, they are the exact people who are embracing it and driving the community and all those aspects. And it's really cool to know who your customer is. And like you said, everyone that you see on your side, they have automated something and now they're taking it to the next level. And I know even my own accountant, he was telling me who uses Taxome and he's like, you know, we've been doing it this way for over 40 years. So automating, it's scary. And I, I know that it's important. I know that we need to do it and I'm going to embrace it, but I don't know what I don't know. And, and I'm on the other side, like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> it's, it's so much better. Like in every aspect, I can't think, I mean, it, maybe the code has something wrong in it that you can't exactly count for, but having those processes in place, knowing exactly what needs to go where, who needs to handle what, and getting the client experience just perfect every single time because you have you have automated here is what the perfect client experience looks like or at least via you know the onboarding portion and then you keep clients and i'm sure on the exit also for people that are on you know the latter stages of having a firm it makes your firm more valuable if you have automation and things in place that aren't dependent on the partner's brain and you know that's not a transferable asset so the organization will have a lot more value the less involvement that will be required and the less learning curve 
for the new people. So it's not only to look at from the aspect of it's going to make my life easier while I am working, but it's going to increase the value of my firm when we have all these things in place if I'm looking for an exit. So a lot of great topics that we've covered here, Edgar, and I, I want to be conscious of your time. So where can people learn more about you and TaxDome? I would like to invite everybody to attend just one of our uh, live demos that we do Tuesday through Thursdays. We do them at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can you know, sign up for one at taxdome.com slash demo. And uh, we do also have a live Q&A portion in it. We're actually answering, you know, address questions, all types of questions, uh, you know, address pain points, discuss needs of different practices. And what I love about those sessions is that uh, the people that attend the events are normally very participative. You know, they're, they're willing to speak, you know, the, speak their needs, discuss uh, whatever pain points they had during the heat of tax season. Or, and yeah, so inviting everybody to attend one of these live sessions that we do. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to like and share. And if you have an accounting firm and you'd like for us to check out the IT system, maybe you don't know if your IT guy is actually doing work. We do run into those surprisingly. You go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast and book a complimentary IT audit so that you can see whether or not they're doing a good job. Or if you don't have one, some of the gaps that you can get filled. But Edgar, thank you for being on the show and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.